Hey, guys. Welcome back to Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Uh, he's Hawkeye. I'm Honeycutt. She's Hot Lips. No, wait. She's Radar. I'm Father Mulcahy. He's Colonel Blake. No, we're not MASH. We're still Vikings Report. Drewster, how you doing? Yeah! Welcome, 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 everybody, to... Damn, it's been so long since we did a show. What episode are we on? We're on episode 18, brother. 18. We did the live draft, and we did the live after draft. Two live shows in a row, so I was a little bit yeah. confused on where we are. Welcome, everybody, to episode 18. Thank you once again for all the support and everybody subscribing to our to our show. Tunes, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, but why did you change me from hot lips to radar? I kind of wanted to stay hot lips. If you remember the match, radar was the, was the, the person that kind of had the whole camp kept the whole camp together. I yes. mean, you had, you had Hawkeye and, and Honeycutt and Colonel Potter and all those guys, but if it wasn't for radar, that camp would have literally fallen apart. So yes. you're like our radar O'Reilly corporal okay. captain. Uh, that's a new directive from the Pentagon Colonel. Uh, that's right out of G2 and G3, making a G5 combined officers outtake glitch. Uh, experimenting with new uh, rank corporal captain. I accept that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. <laughs> radar radar was the only guy that played in the both the movie remember they took it from the movie over to the uh the tv show yeah match was a hell of a record setter match was 256 episodes 11 seasons the last episode was shot in 83 and at the time when that episode came out it was the most watched tv event in history yeah it was i, I, I remember everything our finale yeah Surpassing the Super Bowl, the rate. A matter of fact, to this day, that last episode, that that finale episode, is the n- number one rated. Seventy-seven percent of America watched that show that night. There's only there's only two characters that played in all 256 episodes. Who were they, Ted? It would have been Hawkeye bing, and bing, Radar. Bing, bing. Hawkeye and Radar. Then no, oh, was it Radar? Radar left a season early. It was Hawkeye ah. and Loretta Swit with the big hot lips. With the big uh, hairdo. Oh. Loretta Swit. She she and Alan Alda were the only two that did <clears throat> every single episode. You know, and, and think about that. Like when when good TV shows lose important main characters, the show usually tanks. But but think about how many great characters left that show and it it still thrived. Like Henry Blake got replaced by Colonel Potter. Show went on. Trapper John got replaced by BJ Honeycutt. Um, Frank Pierce got replaced by Major Winchester. And and the show it didn't skip a beat. It was the most phenomenal writing and acting in a, in a television series I can I can still remember. Henry Blake, McLean Stevenson, was one of the most loved characters on TV. He was when he played Henry Blake. Everybody loved Henry. Everybody good, playful, you know, funny, silly guy. When he left the show, they announced to TV Guide to tell America that he was going to leave, fly back home, and start a practice of his own, play with his grandkids, and that was going to be the storyline. They didn't tell any of the actors. They didn't tell anybody that he. The, when Radar walked in for that scene when they said that Blake's plane went down, mm-hmm. nobody knew. Nobody. I think Alan Alda was the only one who knew. Radar didn't even know. He just read it off the script. That's why after when he reads it, Nobody says anything. Nobody had any lines. Nobody knew what to knew what to do. Girl, 
Henry Blake's plane was shot down over the Sea of Japan. It spun in. There were no survivors. They wanted a real reaction. You remember, he says it, and then the camera pans around the room. And I think Loretta Swift's even crying. Uh, yeah, I think so. No, nobody thought that was going to happen. And after they changed it and went with that, there were people picketing outside of CBS <laughs> and calling the studio saying, how could you kill Henry Blake? It was. Yeah. Big controversy over it. Yeah. It, it was. Uh, there, And there, there are two scenes I remember vividly. That was a big <clears throat> one. Yeah, that one. Well, and two other ones. That that one, I, I definitely remember the finale, the big kiss between Hawkeye and Hot Lips. Um, but there was one episode where a guy came in. He was wounded. And he was going to die on Christmas. And 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 uh, Hawkeye, and I think it was Honeycutt. It might have been Trapper. Worked to keep him alive until December 26th. Wow. So um, he could. I remember Hawkeye saying, if this guy has a daughter, I don't want her little girl to remember that her daddy died on Christmas. And that got to me in years years on is i was what made it such a great show though ted yeah mark set up three units of plasma look forward to waste of time doctor says no point if we can delay it long enough these kids won't have to think of christmas is the day their daddy died and then there was one where colonel potter had a toast to his buddies his last friend from world war one a group of five of them had been fighting in world war one and the last one died and and he he had this just magnificent toast to his buddies and i I watch that and I, I get emotional now after everything I've done in my life and all that stuff. You were the friends of my youth, my comrades through thick and thin and everything in between. I drink to your memories. It's just a show that resonates through time, man. That is very well said. You know, super funny, but it had those moments that just got you emotionally. The only show that could, that could have event. you laughing, crying from laughing and crying from emotion in, in a 30-minute episode. It was just a great show. Well and so said. many great bit characters, too. Just just a phenomenal show. So uh, that was a show request from Dan Lee and Mary Fisk. Congratulations. Uh, love loved talking about MASH. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, and we'll have, uh, we'll have more of those coming up in the future. So our jersey for tonight. Now, normally I, I go to you and say, hey, Drew, who do we have behind us tonight? But... Tonight, you, you have the jersey. Tommy Kramer. Yeah. Two-minute Tommy Kramer. That's a signed jersey, too. Look at that thing. It is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it would be. I didn't I didn't expect it to be, I don't think, but he signed it. It was great. Princess, look at Ted's face. Same, same look I have when they bring the McRib back right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have this look on my face when they bring the McRib back, too. Yeah. Oh, do you love the McRib? Love the McRib. Love it. Don't care. It's artificial everything. Love it. Keep three a day. <laughs> I'm going to die of cancer. I, I'm going to have McRib cancer, and I don't care. Don't bring care. Me, love the McRib. 
I'd be running like Tom Cruise in War of the Worlds to get to the crib. <laughs> If there, was, if there was one McRib left, I'd be hauling ass for it. I, I'm going to kill 100 people, but I'm going to have that McRib. I don't care. Tommy Kramer. I'll tell you what. Tommy Kramer, you know, we've talked about Chuck Foreman and, and, and Alan Page and some of the guys, the Purple People Eaters. Kramer was drafted right at the very tail end of the, of the Purple People Eaters era to replace Fran Tarkenton, which, which he eventually did. And Tommy Kramer was was like the first, the first. I mean, I loved I loved the Vikings, but Tommy Kramer was the first guy I absolutely fangirled over. This truly is a social document for our time. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, it's a good way. It's a good way to put it. I was so much. I was twelve years old. I thought when you're younger, you think Fran Tarkin is going to play till you're old. Yeah. He's going to play till he's 100. You don't think of any other quarterback for the Vikings but Fran Targanen. Mm-hmm. So when this kid out of Rice came along, I was going, Jesus, this is going to be horrible. But he won me over, man. He was he was the Brett Favre gunslinger attitude before Brett Favre. For those of you that, that didn't see Tommy Kramer play, he, exactly was, right. he was the fearless guy that didn't give a hoot in the hell <laughs> whether his guy was triple covered, quadruple covered. He was throwing it. And it might get intercepted. It might get completed. He might throw four picks, but by God, he was going to throw five touchdowns. That was Tommy Kramer. I think if Tommy would have had France players, I think he would have won a couple of those. I think he would have won that Steelers game, that Super Bowl. That one. I, I, I think he might have, yeah. Tarkin played scared. Tommy had that gene of not being scared. And I think we lost that game because Tarkin, the whole offense played scared. Yeah. And Tommy Kramer didn't allow himself to play scared. He didn't play scared. And, and the players around him did. And as a fan, you become like, all right, I like this. This guy's, not, this guy's fearless. And he was. I, I, I remember in his rookie year, I believe it was 1977, the Vikings were losing 21-7 to the 49ers. And they put Kramer in late in the second half, late in the third quarter, early fourth quarter. And he brought the Vikings back, and they won that game 24-21. And I said, that's our quarterback. Once yeah. Fran goes, that's Tommy Kramer. That's the guy I want. And, you know, he had the, the Met Stadium miracle um, where they beat the Browns on the Hail Mary with Ahmad Rashad. He had and, – and like you said, he had – he didn't have the team around him that, that Fran Tarkenton had. Um, so he had – if you look at his career statistics, they're, they're, they're not as impressive as Fran Tarkington. It's He battled injuries, and, and he had, you know, some health issues. but. Um, that I think shortened his career by two or three seasons, but, but man, Tommy Kramer, when there was two minutes left in the football game two and the Vikings Tommy. were going to score, there's a reason they called him two minute Tommy. He actually got that nickname in high school after a high school game. Really? And it kind of just carried over to rice. And then on at least that's what I heard. You might want to ask Tommy double back at what you just said, 19 comeback victories in his career, 15 in the fourth quarter, and let's give a shout out to the St. Louis Cardinals right now, because in 1977, they took a, ta- a cat out of Missouri with the 19th overall selection of the first round named Steve Pasarkowicz. Pasarczyk? No, it wasn't Joe, wasn't Joe Pasarczyk. Oh, was Joe Pasarczyk. No, okay. Steve Pasarkowicz, 19th overall from Missouri, 
passed for 804 yards in his career. Okay. Um, so he took him at 19. <laughs> Tommy went at 29. Only two quarterbacks to go that year in the first round. So thank really? God they took him and left Kramer for us. There was 18 quarterbacks taken that year, Ted. If you take Steve DeBerg out of there, who had a great career, if you take Steve DeBerg's passing yards out of there, Tommy Kramer's 24,777 is more than the other 16 combined. No way. Yeah. I mean, great wow. names like Sam Atkins, Mark Vitale, Mark Robinson, David Whitehurst, Randy Hedberg, Cliff Stout, Randy Dean, Fred Batana, Stout, Vince Ferragamo, Glenn Carano. <laughs> Vince Mike Ferragamo Cardona. was in that class? Yeah, Vince Ferragamo. Hit Vince Ferragamo, DeBerg, Kramer, and Vince Evans. Got it played like 30 years for the Bears and the Raiders. Those are the yeah. four guys. Yeah, four did. guys, but had uh, 13 seasons with the Vikings. And you're right. He was second to Fran in everything, Viking-wise, in passing. But still, second is better than a kick in the teeth. Yeah. 128 games, 159 touchdowns as a Viking. Um, and like I said, people are going to argue. You can call a show right now because I'm going to tell you. That miracle at the Met was the greatest Vikings win in history. Up until the the the. Uh, no, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna still put it ahead of it, Ted. Are you really? I am. The Minneapolis ahead of the Minneapolis miracle. miracle because the way it unfolded. I know there was more on the line with the playoff win with the Diggs catch. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, man. Maybe it was because I still remember where I was when I was 15 years old. My brother's bagging on me. His friends making fun of me. You guys are gonna <laughs> lose to the Browns. <laughs> For me, that was a bigger, not bigger, I shouldn't use it. It was more exciting for me, that win. That's yeah, still I, number one on my list. Digs and that's, that's why, I mean, you're a kid. When you're a kid, I think moments like that, I think, could be more meaningful than, than when you get old and bitter and, and, and sarcastic like we do. Am I old and bitter? I kind of am, aren't I? <laughs> a bitter person finds it impossible to speak peaceably with others in their family. The second characteristic of a bitter person is that they speak with barbed and cutting words, hurting others deeply. <laughs> One thing, now you lived, you lived in California when, back then with Kramer and all that, right? Meow, you, you, meow. Didn't, you didn't live in Minnesota? No, so you I didn't, was in San Diego. Okay, so you didn't see like all the Tommy Kramer like post-game interviews a lot, did you? No, no, I did not. So the indelible image of Tommy Kramer for me... <laughs> I, and I will, I will love this until the day I die. And that was just part of the Kramer aura and swagger. Kramer would, would get in front of a TV camera at the end of the game, and he'd have a dip about this big in his mouth. And he'd have a little spit cup. Well, you know, we just take what the defense gave us. And I'm like, I want to be that guy. I want to be Tommy Kramer. I, I try to have his wear his number 19 when I was – Playing football in high school, I could I could have the practice jersey, but we had to have double digits of quarterbacks in Ohio, so I had to wear 19. I couldn't wear number nine, but I wanted I want I wanted to be Tommy Kramer. That was just he was the coolest guy ever, man. It's Tommy Kramer, man. Whatever Tommy Kramer, whatever Tommy Kramer. If he wore no shirt, and a cowboy hat, it was cool. If he wore a three piece, <laughs> it was cool. If he had nothing but a towel wrapped around his waist, it was cool. He was Tommy Kramer, man. You know what, Ted? That's how he played, though. The same yeah. way he played with that same kind of gritty 
attitude, like middle finger. Remember that game at RFK? They lost 44 to 38 in 86. Yes. When he threw for 490 yards. I think it's yeah. still the Viking record. Four yeah. touchdowns, 490 yards, man. He was just intense, so intense in that game, but it was a different kind. It was like a fun intensity. That guy had yeah. fun when he played. Man. He did. He, he, you know, he, I, when I say he was Brett Favre, before Brett Favre, he was. He just played with this reckless abandon and always laughing and, and having a, a smile on his face and not a care in the world. And he played, he played as as well as anybody else in the game did at the time. I thought. Absolutely, absolutely, a top-notch quarterback. Who has the who has the most three hundred yard games in Viking history? Tommy Kramer. Hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> who has the most three thousand plus passing yard seasons in Vikings history? Tommy Kramer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Back in an era where it wasn't as pass quarterback friendly as it is now. I, I no, <laughs> it was way whole different animal, man. Yeah. Whole different animal, but you know, I don't. I would have loved to have been in the huddle with that guy. With oh yeah. All right. So Tommy Kramer, our 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 Jersey player tribute of the week. Two minutes. Um, well, it's just a. You know, I was hoping maybe we could become the new cardiac kids. I think the title has changed hands. Speaking of of Tommy Kramer and first round picks, Drew, I don't know if you remember, but we did a couple of shows. We did a live show for the first round of draft, and we did a live draft recap. We did it live? We'll do it live. <laughs> I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Um. Now a few days, and and now Drew and I are on this this Vikings uh, fan page on Facebook called the Gallahorn, and in in that in that fan page, Drew, you asked a question a couple days after the draft, after we could absorb, you know, who the Vikings picked and kind of analyze it. What was that? What was that question you asked? It was for Chuck Knoll, I believe. Chuck Knoll, the four-time Super Bowl winning head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, remember, if you don't remember Chuck Knoll, you don't really follow football that closely. But Chuck Knoll, after he retired, said he basically had, and there's a lot more to it than this, but the bare bones of what he said was, if you have a good quarterback, two good tackles, a better than average running back, and two good wide receivers, and I think he might have thrown center in there too. You have to have a good center. There's no reason you shouldn't be a top three offense in football. Two tackles, quarterback, two wide receivers, and a star running back. <clears throat> okay. Top three. And on the defensive side, you have to have a good defensive line straight across the board, not just the defensive ends. All four of those guys have to be studs. You got to have a great middle linebacker, one great corner, and one great safety. And there's no reason you shouldn't have a top three defense in football. That was okay. his basic criteria on each side of the ball. So it made me start thinking, and I want to ask the question to you and everybody out there, do the Vikings now have that? If you need to go through the roster and the positions and everything, do that in your head, and do, do we have that? I'll ask you, Ted. Okay, so two great tackles. Do we have two great tackles? I think we have a very good one in Brian O'Neill. Um, and I, it's far too early to say, assuming Christian Derrissaw is going to be the starting left tackle. He's a rookie. He could be great. He could be another Matt Khalil. We just don't know. We hope he'll be great. So, so for the two tackles question right now, I'm going to say no. Okay. Um, but the potential is there. I will say the potential is there. Do we have two great wide receivers? Yes. Uh, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. 
Okay. I will say yes. Write that down. Yes on that. Great quarterback. There's that. There's the pause. You hear that, Tunsis? Tunsis, did you? You can almost hear that pause by Ted Glover. You can audibly hear it. Is he's very good? Is is he great? He has he has had moments of greatness. Is he consistently great? Uh, I would have to vote no. I would I would say no. I he's above average. I would take him over more quarterbacks in the NFL than I wouldn't take him over right sure. now. But I, I I don't think I can sit here and say he's great. Okay, so we'll mark that as a no. Uh, and running back, was it a, a better than average run? Yes, the Vikings yeah. have a great running back in Dalvin Cook. Great defensive line all the way across the board? No. I think it's going to be better than last year, just okay. simply for the fact it couldn't be any worse, but no. Um, middle linebacker, great middle linebacker. Yes, I think I would say Eric Hendricks is great. Yes. Okay. Um, one great cornerback. No. Okay. One great safety. Yes, and Harrison Smith. Yes. Okay. So I, 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 I'm gonna go again. Two of the four. So we got two positions on each side of the ball that meet the no myriad of criteria oh i just want to use that word tonight okay i learned it today myriad i think it's pretty cool we're running out of time everything is collapsing you're being irrational and counterproductive big words anger me <clears throat> what about you i agree right along the board with that that's how i you i do? have it all written down almost exactly how you said it see wow see wow drew and ted wow Flat we are we are copacetic i really <laughs> Nerd! Two new words today. <laughs> Woo! Um, yeah, I was. Uh, that's that's how I look at it right now. Okay, so let me ask you this question then: Does does this draft class, in your opinion, uh, is it going to help the Vikings meet these goals on the positions we're saying aren't at that? top level to be a top three unit well i think we're right there at hitting the criteria for the tackles i have complete 100 percent faith in darisov that he's not going to be a flop i do okay and i rarely say that about i'm a big you know skeptical you got to prove it to me and all that you know me you know, you know me ted you know me mm-hmm. i don't just go out in a willy lily limb uh, but i i believe in darisov right across the board offensively i think that's about the only area that's you know we're that we needed to get great at to reach this criteria maybe quarterback but mond is a whole different story for a whole different oh yeah today is monday oh look at you see that monday 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 we record on monday yeah. we drafted kelly kellen mond stop yeah. it we, we, we need to stop with that. Uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's bad. And so overall, though, I think we're, we're pretty happy with the Minnesota Vikings draft class, right? Positionally, I think they hit it. The only thing I would have done differently in a whole draft is I wouldn't have taken the tight end. And I would have took a safety right there. Okay. But other Alrighty. than that, positionally, I think A++ for Spielman, the, how he took the, the position draft from a position standpoint, I think was perfect. So now he took 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven guys in this draft. Eleven mm-hmm. guys. And and Vikings fans are all radio gaga about about the <laughs> about this draft class. Oh, Twyman's going to the Hall of Fame. Bynum's going to start for 10 years. Darren Sauce, just put him in Canton. Every, everybody loves the draft. I get it. You know, it's funny, Ted. If you look at all the draft grades on TV and NFL Network and ESPN, yeah. everybody got a, like a B. <laughs> Every team. That means, you know what? In two years, there's going to be a 50% of them were Ds and Fs. But right now, A-. minus. I give them an A-. minus. Everybody's got an A-. minus. I, I want to talk about that because everybody goes top to bottom on this draft class and all oh, this guy's going to start in a year or two. This guy's going to be two. Mon's going to the Hall of Fame. Derrissaw's a day one starter. He can start there for 10 years. Oh, no. Oh, you didn't say it. So I want to go back. I want to start at 2015 because out of those 11 guys in about four years, if – two of those guys are still on the roster or are significant uh, significant players for the team, then it'll be a successful draft. And I want to start at 2015. Here was the 2015 Minnesota Vikings draft class. Drew, you ready? Hit it! First round pick, Trey Waynes. Second round pick, Eric Kendricks. Third round, Daniil Hunter. Fourth round pick, TJ Clemmings. Fifth round picks, Michael Pruitt and Stephon Diggs. Sixth round picks, Tyrus Thompson and B.J. DeBose. Seventh round picks, Austin Shepard. And cuckoo, cuckoo, Mr. Edmund Robinson. Here's you, Mr. Robinson. Football loves you more than you will know. This is Robinson. Jesus loves you more than you will know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where have you gone, Mr. Robinson? <laughs> it never ends, man. I love it. Ten people, ten guys, ten guys picked in that draft. Waynes, Kendricks, Hunter, and Diggs. This is considered by just about everybody Rick Spielman's best draft. It probably is. He got Trey Waynes, who started for five years, and had they not had – I think they would have kept him if they didn't have salary cap issues. Kendricks is a stud. Daniil Hunter's a stud. Uh, Stephon Diggs is a stud. Unfortunately, he's in Buffalo now. That that is is Mr. Spielman's opus. And it is rare that four guys turn out to be a, a, a rock-solid starter or an all-pro of that caliber of those guys. Really good draft. Yeah. Now let's go to the 2016 draft, shall we? Mm. Mr. Bunting, Laquan Treadwell is your first-round pick. Mackenzie Alexander, second-round pick. Willie Beavers is in the third round. I'm sorry, fourth round. They didn't have a third-round pick. Willie Beavers. Uh, Kentrell Brothers. Uh, the Mobo Show, Moritz Beringer was a six-round pick. David Morgan Ooh. was a six-round pick. Moritz Boringer, the Mobo guy, the German dude. And then Stephen Weatherly and J. Ron Curse in the seventh round. Laquan Treadwell, complete bust. Mackenzie Alexander, I would say, is a pretty good player. It's more than a bust if he's a bust in the first round. That's a bust, bust, bust. That triple bust right there. Yeah. I mean, Stephen Weatherly and J. Ron Curse were two seventh-round guys that stuck around. Weatherly's back. J. Ron Curse was fairly productive. But... But when your shining example out of that draft is probably Mackenzie Alexander, and he yeah, was a second-round guy. Yeah, that was a poor draft. Let's go to 2017 now, shall we? Alvin Cook. So, and they, had, they had no first-round pick because, remember, they traded that pick for Sam Bradford the previous year. 
So second round pick, Dalvin Cook, uh, Pat Elfline in the third round, Jaleel Johnson and Ben Gedeon in the fourth round, uh, wide receiver Rodney Adams and guard Danny Azadora in the fifth round, Bucky Hodges in the sixth, and then uh, four seventh round picks, Stacey Coley, Efedi Adenabo, Elijah Lee, and da- Jack Taco, Tachko, Tachcho. Ho, Jack no. Toko? Ho, no, sir. Ho. Claire Jerome. Ho, yes. Ho, what? Ho, nothing. You having trouble understanding me, Jerome? Ho, no. I mean, no ho, Sergeant. <laughs> that is a poor draft again. Again, Dalvin Cook. Uh, Gideon was okay for a couple years, but he's gone. Elfline, I hate to say it, but he was he was a wash. Yeah, that was a tough one. That's a bust. That but that's that, Dalvin Cook is it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, how 10, did, 12 guys. Did... Dalvin Cook's it. Now let's move to 2018, shall we? <laughs> Mike Hughes. <laughs> career highlight. First game of his career with a pick six and then has been injured ever since for the most part. Yeah, Mike Hughes. Uh, Brian O'Neill, I think uh, very good pick. Hope to extend him and keep him on the line for another 10 years. Uh, then fourth round pick Jalen Holmes, fifth round pick Tyler Conklin, Daniel Carlson, who lasted all one game and then went on to become like the best kicker in the AFC. Right. Colby Gossett, Adeana and Devonte Downs. One player in that class, That's Brian O'Neill. So we're looking at like one or two guys at 2019. Let's look at 2019. I think it's still kind of early to judge these guys because, you know, um, Garrett Bradbury, I, I, I don't know about him yet. I, I, he's not been very good. 2021 is going to tell whether he's right on the, the, what's the word fringe or something right on the edge myriad, the right, on the precipice. myriad. right on the, the precipice. We have a plethora of big words this evening. <laughs> we? we do. We have a, we have a plethora, but yeah, Bradbury, I can still go either way on. He's not had, he hasn't been very good, but you know, people that defend Bradbury say he hasn't had very good support on either side of him, and I would agree. Matt Burke, you know, great center that he was. Yeah. I heard Matt Burke in an interview saying, you need to give three full seasons to a center. Three. Okay. So I'm going to give him this season. We'll see what can happen. Okay. Uh, Smith Jr., I think, has been a pretty good pick, if underutilized, but I think we'll, we'll, we'll learn a lot about Smith Jr. this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Alexander Madison. Third round pick that year, pretty decent running back. Uh, from there, we've got Drew Samia in the fourth round, Cameron Smith in the fifth round, and then a bunch of sixth and seventh round guys. Armin Watts, Marcus Epps, Ole Udo, Chris Boyd, Dylan Mitchell, Ola B.C. Johnson, and Austin Cutting, long snapper from the Air Force Academy. I, I mean, I can I consider Ola B.C. Johnson kind of a hit because he was a seventh round pick and he's still around. Yeah, this is for all those guys you just mentioned. This will be a big year to see if they wash out or not. I mean, potentially you could have three good players out of this draft. I think when it's all said, maybe four, depending on what old BC Johnson does in in camp this year. But if Bradbury could still pan out, you've got something. I think Irv Smith can still pan out, uh, and then Madison. I think is for a third round guy has done has done pretty well already. I think Madison has done everything that they've asked him to do. He just couldn't get that one yard in Seattle. But you know, if your your game shouldn't come down to one play like that. Yeah, you know. no, it shouldn't. Um, 
and then last year's draft, which I think is far too early to tell still. Uh, I think, but I think Justin Jefferson's going to be good. Uh, Jeff Gladney's probably going to jail. Ezra Cleveland was drafted <laughs> as a tackle, but he's going to be our long-term guard for the next 10 years. Oh, no! <laughs> Cut his mic, man. Cut it. Cam Dantzler, uh, DJ Wanham, James Lynch, Troy Dye, Harrison Hand, KJ Osborne, Blake Brandel, Josh Metellus, Kenny Willickis, Nate Stanley, Brian Cole, and Kyle Hinton. KJ Osborne. It's like a big <laughs> giant pussy pimple on my rear end. Get KJ Osborne the oh. hell out of it. Get him out of it. He's never going to return another punt. That's part of why they got Marset and that other. Yeah. Uh, everybody Wang Chung tonight. He can run back kicks too, so we'll see. I don't. KJ Osborne, those guys that do nothing for him, get him out. I'm done. Get out. Get out. And, but I mean, I for for those of you that are just over the moon on this Vikings draft, and and I'll agree with you, Drew, that positionally, the Vikings got great players at at every p- position they needed to get good collegiate players at. Now, can they turn that talent into NFL caliber talent, and and they can they be long term starters? That always is obviously based on these draft classes. The big question with this with this team and with this staff. I mean, the Vikings, they got a lot of people, and they have problems in the trenches, offensive line, defensive line. Five of the 11 guys drafted were trench guys. Yeah. So I think they at least identified that we suck on the defense. We suck in those areas, and we need to get better. Davis and uh, Darisaw, right off the bat, man, that if those guys work out, the O-line is jumping up tremendously. And I, I will, I'll throw Patrick Jones in there as well on the defensive line. If he can come in right away and produce a defensive end, um, with Derisaw and Davis, the Vikings are going to be in a lot better place than they were this time last year. That all, de- it all depends on Hunter. Without Hunter yeah. on that line, the Vikings got a lot of problems. They got a big problem on their hands. I don't care yeah. how many guys you drafted. You don't have that guy. That's your catalyst to your whole defense. He's the best player on your defense. He's probably the best player besides Justin Jefferson on this team. Yeah, I'd agree. Without him, the defense is just just another defense. Nobody's going to be Wang Chunging if we don't have Daniel Hunter. <laughs> um, all right. So with with the assumption that there's maybe two or on the at the most three players that hang on long term, the the two or dri- three best players from the 2021 Minnesota Vikings draft in four years will be who Drew Bunting, Christian Derisaw, Wyatt Davis. And Jalen Twyman, I got to say, dude. Really? I think he's going to be the three technique from from hell. The three you technique. Think? Yeah, I think so. I, really I think, think he'll so. Be on the... What the hell is that? All right. And I, and I also think Surratt's going to be around. Okay. I think the first two guys, uh, I agree with you on one of them. I don't know if it's going to be Derisaw. I don't know if it's going to be Davis. But only one of those guys is going to pan out. Okay. Um, more than fair. That's more than fair. And and if if I'm going to go uh, off menu after that, I'm going to go with uh, Amir Smith-Marset because I think the Vikings really need wide receiver help. I think he'll find a spot as a kick returner um, and then work his way into the lineup. Because he, you, you, you can't look me in the, in the eye and tell me um, Smith-Marset is worse than Chad Beebe and BC Johnson. You, you, yeah, because I don't believe you. You're lying to me if you tell me <laughs> that. You're lying. 
You're lying or you're misinformed. Me, I always tell the truth. Even when I lie. I don't think, and if you see, if you watch that guy in interviews or anything, yeah, I don't think he's worried about it either. That guy's kind of cocky, but a cocky, yes. guy, good confidence, kind of cocky. And then, and then the last guy I'm going to go with um, is is Patrick Jones. I think he's going to be pretty good. So you're four are Jones, Marset. I've I've got either either Darisaw or Davis. Okay. Uh, uh, Amir Smith, Marset, and Patrick Jones. Okay. Cool. Now, neither one of us picked Kellen Mond. Neither one of us did. Why did you not pick Kellen Mond? I think it's just it, – it's more just playing the percentages right now. That guy's got a long way to go. He's got a long way to go. And what I will say about Kellen Mond is when people say, well, he's got a whole year to learn and everything, this is going to be a big year for Kellen Mond, how he carries himself. If he's sleeping in the meetings, doing the Dougie at practice, dicking around, being a dork. You guys look like – what do they look like, Jimmy? Dorks. <laughs> Not paying attention. All these guys that you see on the Vikings, a lot of them are going to be here when Mon takes over, and he's going to take over. Right now is when he needs to start establishing himself as a leader. Yeah. So when that year comes around, they could say, wow, this Kellen Mon guy was the first guy to practice, last guy to leave, extra video time. He worked with the quarterbacks. We'll be able to watch this year and see how far he comes. It's just, it's such a long shot. Um, I just. Probably because I'm thinking the Vikings destroy quarterbacks. That's kind of where I'm <laughs> – and I hate saying that. I mean, Mond has a chance to be really special, but there's so many variables lined up in front of him, so many obstacles, and it's going to be – I'm just playing percentages right now. I don't I don't know. I, we, we showed this tweet uh, a while back, but something only like – there have been over 60 quarterbacks taken within 15 picks where Mond was, and I, I think only two of them have gone on to, to full-time starter jobs. Um, so history wow. is against him. Uh, recent trends are against him. And, and yeah, what, what kind of development will he get under Clint Kubiak? Now we don't know, honestly, under, I mean, Clint Kubiak could be, could be the next Sean McVay for all we know. He's just never had that opportunity before. Of course he could be the next, um, you know, Bob Schnelker too. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it just sort of depends. You know, you know, when I set Maybe I didn't specify this right. I'm not necessarily saying mine wouldn't work out. It might not even be because of something he's doing. It yeah. might be the Vikings ruining him. Yes. Because he has got to be handled the right way. He has trouble with the speed of the game. He has trouble with his deep accuracy. He's never taken a snap under center. The guy needs a lot of work. And if it's not worked with the right people and the right scheme and the right ideas and being taking their time and doing it the right way in the classroom and studying up and reading defenses, he, they're going to ruin him. So I'm not necessarily saying Kellen Mond won't work out because of Kellen Mond. I'm saying he might not work out because of this franchise. There's yeah. still a disconnect in this franchise. And let's be honest, how much, how much, how, what can you say about them developing quarterbacks? Come on. And, and, and I, I hope, I hope that if Kellen Mond, I, and I, I don't want Kirk Cousins to get hurt. I, I'm, I'm not saying that. I don't. I, I think Kirk Cousins gives the Minnesota Vikings the best chance to win. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. But if he gets hurt, I, I hope that if Mond plays, they don't try and do a, a square peg in a round hole. Well, I suggest you gentlemen invent a way to put a square peg in a round hole. Here's something we can keep an eye on. And you're going to keep an eye on this during the games. 
when it, when there's two or three minutes left, we're down by five and we need to score and we call timeout and Cousins comes to the sidelines. If Mond is sitting on the bench with a towel on his head, talking to some guy about what club they're going to go to, if Mond's in that little huddle, talking about in the game, in the intense part of the game, two minutes left, he's right in the mix with Kirk Cousins and Zimmer and Kubiak, and they're trying to figure out what play to run and the intensity he's running high. I have heard he is that guy. I, I, I have not heard any, like, bad attitude type stuff like you heard about Manziel and Dwayne Haskins a couple years ago. Um, by all accounts, from what I've read, Mond is very much a – football junkie kid and and i i hope kirk cousins will embrace his role as a mentor um so that kind of is is sort of the bow on the minnesota vikings draft for us um the vikings were not the only team that drafted however all 31 other teams drafted and we're going to take a quick look we're going to go around the nfc north uh and we're going to sort of discuss the the drafts of the the packers uh the bears and the detroit lions drew which team do you want to start with I'm going to start with the one that's going to be fighting with us for the NFC North title, and that's the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions, you say? Wait, what's that? What the hell did you just say? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Shut your pie hole. Shut up. Shut up. Kindly shut your noise hole. Shut up. Shut up. Honestly, I think something just landed on the roof. It might be a meteor or something. I'm telling you, Ted, the Detroit Lions are building something there. Brad Holmes, the GM. Anthony Lynn, my favorite coordinator in football. I actually wanted him to take over the head coaching position for the Vikings. Anthony Lynn. They now have on their offensive line Taylor Decker, first-round pick. The great Frank Ragnow from Arkansas, who I wanted to be a Viking, but he went five picks before our selection. He's a first-round pick at center. And they just got... Panay Sewell, yep. who's the best tackle. they got three first-rounders there on the offensive line. They're going to be tough to stop offensively, even so with re- Goff in there, even with Goff. Real quick, we'll show you the Lions draft class. they got uh, Sewell in the first round, uh, mm-hmm. Levi Onwuzurike, I believe it's pronounced, uh, <laughs> Alim McNeil in the third round. The guy we previewed on our show. We did, yeah. Alim McNeil did. wanted him for the Vikings. Afetu Malafonwu in the third round as well. One of the best uh, corners in this draft. Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver in the fourth. We, uh, we did a thing on him too. We did. And then two guys whose names I can pronounce with about 99% confidence, Derek Barnes <laughs> and Jamar Jefferson in the fourth, and then they didn't pick again until the seventh round. Every player on the Lions and every player on the Browns were from the Drew draft boards. Yeah. And Amon Ross St. Brown was a guy I was kind of hoping the Vikings would take a look at because he is the brother to the other oddly named St. Brown, Equimenius, uh, wide receiver for the Packers. I think the, the Lions did pretty good. Lions did great. You know the biggest addition to the Lions? Dan Campbell, head coach. We're going to kick you in the teeth. We're going to get up. And on the way up, we're going to buy the kneecap off. No. No. It's a guy named Chris Spielman. Yeah. Let me tell you why. Chris Spielman is run, is orchestrating this whole thing. When when you combine that with uh, the, the trait that Dan Campbell looks for in players and biting off kneecaps of <laughs> opponents when they're coming up off the ground, they're going to be a very formidable team in the coming years. You know about Chris Spielman. The guy's no nonsense, yeah. Dad. He, you know, he is no nonsense. He played for your school. Yeah, he did. He was awesome. He was, he was probably – he was, Probably one of my two or three favorite all-time Ohio State players. I love Chris Spielman. 
Love he was it. chewing kneecaps off when Dan Campbell was wearing a party hat. Come on. <laughs> with a neck roll. Spielman with a neck roll, baby. Yeah, yeah with that Love neck it. roll, dude. But he is no nonsense. They had a good draft, and I think they are – and, you know, we say that about the Lions a lot. Yeah, it's the Lions. This is the year. I think they've turned it – I think this is different. I wish we had that Spielman as GM. It wasn't it wasn't a sexy draft by the Lions, but you know how you build a good football team. It's it's you go you start from the lines and you work your way out. And the first three picks that the mm-hmm. Lions had were offensive line, uh, defensive. Uh, let's see, Onwazuki is they say defensive line. I don't know if he's a tackler or an end. And then uh, McNeil, defensive tackle. So they're both ta- they're they're bulking up the center of that defensive line. Both those guys are two of the guys from my Drew draft board that we talked about in Vikings report. Yeah. They just made their defensive line. What, what they just went Chuck. Noll, the thing yeah. we just had in the show. Yep. With Panay Sewell and those two guys. So lines, you, you're pretty high on the lines draft. Who do you want to talk about next? The bears. Talk about the bears. Go ahead. Get it out of the way of the trade up. Here, here's the thing with the bears draft. This, this, this draft well, just like just like the Mitchell Trubisky draft for them five years ago or, or whatever it was, this draft completely falls on how well Justin Fields pans out. If he turns out to be a good quarterback, it doesn't matter what the Bears gave up to get him. No, it doesn't. It it, it, it won't matter. If he's a bust like Trubisky was, it's going to set the franchise back another five years, and they're going to be in the same spot uh, five years from today as they were um, on draft night when they moved up from 20, I think it was, to 8 or 10, whatever it was, to get fields. I'm surprised they they were, but I tip my cap to their aggressiveness. I mean, they, oh, knew, I do too. I do they too. knew they absolutely had to handle the quarterback situation, and the red rifle ain't it. Our goal was to come out here and make uh, the red rifle look like a red rider BB gun. What did you say? The red rifle looked like a red rider BB gun. That's what I thought you said. Andy Dalton, is, is he just ain't it. He's not. He's not. So for for good or for ill, they went all in and said, we are gambling everything on Justin Fields. And if he pans out, it will be a great trade for 20 years. I hope he goes Haskins. I hope he ends up like Haskins. If I want him to be good, unless I don't I mean, I'm so torn what? now. I, I'm, I'm so torn now. He was Come on, Ted. He's a Chicago Bear. You want him to do good? What are you I, talking I, about? I love the guy. I, I love the kid. I, I just. Tune says. <laughs> I, I don't know, but again, no, but that's what, all what, done, Ted. It's over. Ohio State is done. I turned my back on him. Fail now. Fail. I, I turned my back on him. You have to. You can't, um, you can't hope that the Bears have any success with him, Ted. No, I know. Ted, I know. I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be in, I'll be in the right state mentally come, come training camp. But no, right I, now, I know, I know. Right now, it's still like my girlfriend left me and I'm still all mopey and feeling sorry for myself. I had to watch Jake Ryan and then Rashawn Gary go to that stinky, Smelly yeah. pea town. Yeah. So and then, I, know, I know. And but Fields wasn't the only aggressive move they made either. In the second round, they moved up a whole bunch and grabbed uh, offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins, which I think they moved up even pick. farther to get Jenkins than they did to move up to get Fields. That's a no miss pick right there. I love that guy. The okay. the Bears didn't pick again until the fifth round. Really? Uh, yeah, because they traded all they traded all oh. their picks to get Fields and and Jenkins. Right. But after that, they got Larry Borum, Khalil Herbert, Daz Newsom, I think was a great pick in the sixth round, Thomas Graham Jr., and then Kyrus Tonga. So 
that this draft for the Bears is is going to hinge on Fields, plain and simple. Absolutely. I think so, the Bears are still a five and twelve team. Do you I really? Think, they're they're going to finish. They're going to sweep the basement. They're going to be in last place NFC North. Where do you think Justin Fields will be in three years? Good, average, or bad? I think he'll be on the Vikings. <laughs> winning winning Super Bowls. And I'm going to watch you with the big grin on your face. I, I actually get – I like Fields. I think he's going to make it in this league because he, he's, he's been a big pressure quarterback ever since high school. Big yeah. pressure games, big pressure guy. It doesn't get to him. And he's got that ch- – I saw a documentary on Justin Fields, and by the end of it, me and Ruby were saying – that's a great attitude to have. Nothing phases him. Um, I think he's going to make it. I, I think he needs to get out of there, though. I think he's going to make it with them. Okay. Um, and then finally, that team from Wisconsin. I, I, I kind of didn't understand a lot of what they did in this draft. I mean, remember we we talked on draft night, the whole Rogers news broke about him wanting out, not ever coming back. Yeah. And they proceeded to draft cornerback uh, Eric Stokes, Josh Myers, Got Amari Rogers, a wide receiver in the third round. Uh, Royce Newman to Daryl Slayton, Shamar Jean Charles, Cole Van Lannan, Isaiah McDuffie, and Kylan Hill. I, I just not, not a draft that that really seemed to address a lot of what the Packers' needs were. I thought. I don't know. They didn't. Uh, they didn't really. I thought Stokes was kind of a reach. Um, they seemed to like to draft corners there. I mean, they're yeah. big on that, huh? And they've got they've got a pretty good secondary already, I thought. But, you know, whatever. I didn't look at their draft, which means I didn't prepare for this segment. Honestly. Come on. Give me a hand. I'm not prepared. I really am not prepared at all. Which means, <laughs> which means that's why I work here, right? <laughs> no, I, you know, I can't stand looking at their logo or anything that has to do with that team. So I have yeah. a hard time studying their draft. Well, I'll tell you a story about some sorry old folks way up Wisconsin way. Yeah, they're all a bunch of boozers, man. They're all a bunch of losers. Yeah, I'm talking about old Green Bay. And I'm telling you, son, there ain't nothing sadder than the boys in the yellow and green. In fact, they're kind of bringing a whole new meaning to being on the special team. Is Rodgers going to quarterback that team this year? That's what the fans want to know watching this show right now. They don't. They won't. Tell me, Ted. You tell us. I, I just, I think Rodgers is going to play. What about you? I've kind of thought that all along. I think the the uh, team from Wisconsin is kind of calling his bluff. I think they're kind of saying, well, you know, you're probably right. We're probably going to suck. We're not going to win the division or even make the playoffs if you're not here. But after this season, you know, I think he's the quarterback there. I think something's going to, I mean, we're still what may there's a long way to go. All right. So that's, uh, that's our review of the NFC North draft classes. So we are going to hit a commercial. Uh, and then we will come back with trivia. I love trivia, even though I lose. I've always hoped that someday they'd have a Bob Lurtzman day. You know, like they have for all the superstars. Well, it finally came true. I may not be a superstar, but I'm a super saver at TCF. I sure like the help I get from those Twin City Federal folks. So thank you, TCF, for helping me save and making Bob Lurtzman day possible. At least you'd think my wife and kids would show up.
sleeper mattress is something great to sleep on. It gives you firmness and comfort. It's the perfect combination. You'll love it. Welcome to Tootsis Trivia. How are you guys doing? <laughs> hey, Tootsis. Hello, Tootsis. Hello, Tootsis. So, you guys have heard all the Tim Tebow stuff going on today, right? Yes. Yes. All right. So, I'd like to take you back a few years, and I have a really good Tebow joke I want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's hear all it. All right. What were the football fans thinking as the Denver Broncos beat the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, uh, what were the fans thinking when the Broncos beat the Vikings? And this is a Tim Tebow joke. We're really drunk? Is that what they were thinking? I don't know. What? If, if Tim Tebow had a deep thought, would it be called a Christian Ponder? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, today, this looks like a Jeopardy board, but because Drew <laughs> does not want to put anything in the form of a question, this is just a tri regular trivia game. Okay. Well, there's Drew changing the format again. <laughs> <laughs> so, there is one thing. Drew has claimed that Ted reads faster than he does. So, I will accept <laughs> answers <laughs> after I'm done reading. <laughs> No answers until after you're done reading. That is correct. All right, who That's wants okay. to be banana head and who wants to be the watermelon head? I want to be the banana head. I want to be the watermelon. All right, banana because head. Because I'm seedy? <laughs> oh, God, here we go. I'll be the Catch banana the head banana. I, because I peel when I burn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with that joke, you're going to have to split. <laughs> All right. So, Who Banana Head. All right, uh, let's go with uh, Shawshank for $100. Sh Chiquita. Uh, all right. <laughs> Before becoming a movie, The Shawshank Redemption was a novella by which author? Stephen King. Good job. I was going to say Harry Potter. <laughs> that probably would have been wrong, though. 100 for you. I don't think I'm going to do Banana. well in this. All right. Uh, Shawshank for 200. What does Red call Andy when he first sees him get off the bus? <laughs> uh, wow, it's a term for the new guy. I can't remember off the top of my head. A tall drink of, water. Drink of water. That's right. All right, Shit, Ted. Banana. Shawshank for 300. Peel when I burn. When Red goes in for his first parole hearing, what do they stamp on the piece of paper? Denied. Rejected. Oh, Drew stole it. <gasps> Rejected. Mm. Look at the melon. Mr. Right. Melon. Maybe One. kickbacks and payoffs are how you do business, but it's not part of the legitimate business world. 
I'll go Shawshank for 400. What? <laughs> Thornton Mellon. You never saw Back to School? Mr. Mellon. Oh, All right. Come on, guys. Who is on the second girly poster that Andy hangs in his prison cell? Jane Mansfield. No, it's, um, I think, yeah, I think it is. I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head. Marilyn Monroe. Ah, no, no. All right. Watermelon head. Uh, Mr. Melonhead would like to go 500 because I have a rhine. What? Okay, what does Andy give to Red as a gift after being rejected for parole? Cigarettes. I, I know that. I, I I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. I know I'm all shocked that Ted hasn't swept this whole I, Yeah, I, I can't remember. Oh, that's right. Oh. A harmonica. So stupid. All right, Watermelon Head, still your turn. Stupid. 1970s television shows. All right, on Happy Days, what was the name of Richie and Joni's older brother? Chuck. Good job. 100 points. Your turn. 70s television shows for 200, Tunes. Before she was Alice, Linda Lavin played a detective on which show? Murder, she wrote. Story. Police story. Barney Miller. That's right. Oh, Damn she it. did, didn't she? That's we right. We had Barney Miller on, on yep. Vikings Report. Sure did. So your turn, Watermelon Head. <laughs> 70s TV shows. What was Captain Kangaroo's farmer's name? Mr. Green Mr. Jeans. Mr. Green Jeans. Ted was first. 300 for Ted. 400 for television shows. Stupid banana. What was the last name of the nosy neighbor Gladys from Bewitched? Kravitz. Good job, Drew. Wow, good job. 400. <laughs> All right. Watermelon, same thing. Let's finish up that category, Ted. This Norman Lear production was based on the British program Till Death Do Us Part. All in the All family. The family. Uh, Ted got in there first. Well, yeah. That's We're not going to review said. that? We're not... <laughs> <laughs> well, since, All right. he, since he nailed that. <laughs> That's also what she said. Uh, <laughs> who wore that number? $100. Right. 43. 43. Okay. She, I, she, I named it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. I didn't I say it. anything. Plus, I named the category wrong. It's going to be what number did I wear? 43. Nate right. Yes. I believe. What? Said, did I you say it. it first? Did you? No, no. Drew said it. Come oh, on, he did? Man. Okay. Yeah, he did. Jeez. Sorry. All right. Uh, Go ahead. Same Who wore that number? Uh, What number did I wear? 69. 69. Dude. He said, she, I'm waiting for you to say the name. This is not fair. <laughs> it's so not fair. What? They show the name and you guess the number. No, okay. uh, he's right. I'm, I'm screwing this whole thing up. Okay. Okay, ready? Supposed... Yeah. Are you going to show the number or the name? You have to wait for me to say who it is. Okay. It's, it's going to be the name, though. What? Ed Marinero. 49. Good job. 400. <laughs> Ron Yeri. 73. I won Holy that one. Holy cow. I won that one. that one. I won that one. What? That was me. That was me. Wow. I have no idea, so I'm going to give you both 200, and then I'm going to look at it later. Oh, come on. <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> and I can't rewind. All, All right. right. Here we go. Stu Voigt. 83. 83. Uh, Drew got that one. All right. 
Look at this battle, dude. It's 1,400 to four. 1800 to 1400 going to the last category. Yep. Okay, so I don't even remember what the answers were to this. So both of you can take a guess. <laughs> what round was I drafted in, Ted? Yes, for 100. Right. Ed McDaniel. Second round. Third round. Fifth round. Wow, Holy crap, what a value. Wow. Yeah. All right, for 200. Yeah. Matt Burt. Sixth round. Banana skizzy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 300. Jim Klein Saucer. Second round. Second round. Ah! Ted reads them faster. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get this one. Chris Hovind. First round. First round. That's correct. All right. Oh, my God. It all comes down to this. This. All right. Comes down to the, this is the best battle we've ever had, Ted Glover. Yeah. Five, 500. Ready, Drew? Uh -huh. Kyle Rudolph. Second round. First round. Second round. Second yes. Round. Yes. Give me your wagers. You know what I'm wagering, honey? All of it. I all or nothing. I'm I'm all about going big or going home. I'm going. There's my wager. Twenty-two. <laughs> Twenty-three ninety-nine. Okay. <laughs> I should do that and get a dollar out of the deal. <laughs> Oh, okay. Ted's doing the $23.99, so you can get a dollar. All right, here you go. How many Vikings draft picks chosen in the year 1990 forward have made it into the Hall of Fame? All right, Drew, oh. since you're behind, let me see your answer first. The only one I could come up with is Randy Moss. I went with one. That is correct. That's right. Yeah! Yeah! Team Banana won. Oh, I thought I had him. All the way down to the last question and all the way down to final Jeopardy on this yeah, one. Wow. That was good. That all was right. Good. Thanks. Thanks for playing, you guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Tunces. Thanks, Tunces, for doing that. I know I put a lot of work into those trivias and yeah. you have to deal with our loudness. So I really appreciate it. Man, that was a good game. We fought that one all the way to the end. That was good. That was good. All right. I think that about puts a bow on tonight's episode. Um, again, thank you everybody who, uh, was watching, who watched us on, uh, on draft night. Um, we had, I think 60 over 63, we had 63 people and 300 entries for our Justin Jefferson Jersey giveaway. We've got more contests and drawings coming up in the future. And as we figure out how and when we're going to roll them out, we'll let you guys know. So be on the lookout for that in the future. Uh, subscribers still keep going up. Um, I'm mean, close to 4,000 now which I still blows my mind. We're getting like a thousand a month. I, I, it's just nuts to me that so many people are subscribing and watching and commenting and both on our YouTube channel and on our Facebook page and our Twitter account. Um, if, if you're on Twitter, it's at report Ted, R-E-P-O-R-T-T-E-D. Um, Facebook Vikings report with Drew and Ted. YouTube, obviously Vikings report with Drew and Ted. Thank you so much for the support. Um, hope you enjoy the tonight's show and, and Drew take us home. That's very well said, Smitty. Thanks, Tootsis, for doing the trivia. Thank you to Tommy Kramer for being on our show in spirit. Love you, man. Um, remember, we have Vikings Uncensored on Friday night with uh, Lance and Rhino doing the Viking Uncensored show. Great show. Really enjoy watching that. Wanted to give them a plug tonight. Yeah, those guys are really working hard trying to, trying to make a go of it. So give them a watch and give them a shout out. Thanks to MASH. Moving into second place for our all-time episode list. 
Thanks again. We'll try to do better the next time. Say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted.